Welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast. I am, of course, your host who does the most, Ethan Smith. Hope you all are having a phenomenal Tuesday, August 30th. It is the AM. Hope you guys all woke up, had your cup of coffee, and you're listening to the Locked On Pirates podcast, wherever you may be listening and however you may be listening, be it on Spotify, YouTube, Odyssey, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. You could find this podcast on all major podcasting platforms under the umbrella of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every single day. With that said, today's episode will be my notes about yesterday's loss to the Milwaukee Brewers and a 7-5 walk-off win for Milwaukee, which will help them in their playoff race, and also why the environment and the tone of the baseball team needs to change for this team to ever truly get back to being a contender. There's a lot to uncover. Excuse me. There's a lot to uncover about that today here on the Locked On Pirates podcast. And with that said, my name is Ethan Smith of the Locked On Pirates podcast, your host who does the most. Thank you all for tuning in today. And with that said, let's get into today's episode. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to that Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith of the Locked On Pirates podcast. Again, hope you all are having a phenomenal Tuesday, August 30th, as the month of August is soon wrapping up. On Thursday, we are going to be covering everything going on about the September call-ups period. On today's episode, we're recapping the 7-5 loss to the Milwaukee Brewers last night, as well as talking about why the environment and the tone of this team needs to change moving forward, and that is at all levels, not only from the players, but also the coaching staff and the managerial spots. Uh, Tomorrow, we're going to be recapping uh, tonight's game, as well as previewing the game tomorrow afternoon. So with all that said, let's get into today's episode, where the Pirates fell uh, fell to the Brewers 7-5 last night, and the team, for all intents and purposes in those first four innings, just looked dead. I mean, it did not look like the Pirates had any business being there last night in the first couple of innings. Of course, Milwaukee comes out in the third inning, starts shelling Bryce Wilson, which I expected. I did not expect Bryce Wilson to pitch last night. It was the first time since 2019 that a Pirates pitcher has pitched twice in four days. If you remember, that was Montana Montana DeChambeau or whatever. I forgot his name. Uh, Jamison Tyone and Joe Musgrove all accomplished that feat in 2019. So Bryce Wilson joined that club for the first time in three years, and it showed. I mean, Bryce Wilson didn't have that great of a game. Uh, three innings pitched, five hits, three earned runs, two walks. Just, just not a great outing from him at all. Eric Stout would follow uh, with two hits in the or two hits allowed in the ball game and three strikeouts on 50 pitches. Eric Stout is not exactly the guy I would expect to throw 50 pitches, but he did. Uh, Dwayne Underwood would throw 33. Johan Ramirez would throw 18. And then we'll get into Will Crow here shortly. But that fourth or that fifth inning came around. Jason DeLay gets a single. I was like, okay, Jason DeLay gets a single here. Newman scores. The Pirates are in business. They're starting to get back into the game a little bit, right? Then all of a sudden, 
things started happening <laughs> uh, where Delay is on first, Marcano is on third, and O'Neal Cruz is coming up to the plate against Corbin Burns, and it just felt like he was going to hit a home run. While I was watching the game on my wonderful 32-inch TV that I have in my room, I said to myself, I said, is he really going to hit a home run again against Corbin Burns? Sure enough, O'Neill Cruz hits a 118-mile-per-hour baseball, 437 feet with like a 21-degree launch angle. <laughs> and I just started laughing, dude. I, I couldn't help it. I just started laughing. I said, what, what is it about O'Neill Cruz and the Milwaukee Brewers? Of course, this was his only hit of the evening. It's the sixth home run that he had against the Milwaukee Brewers this season of his 11 home runs and 14 of his 33 RBIs have also come against the Milwaukee Brewers. And Corbin Burns at this point has to hate facing O'Neill Cruz. I mean, he pitched around him most of that at bat and then he gave him a pitch to hit and it was nuts. And to fix myself, by the way, in my notes, I thought I saw 437. It was 427. Nevertheless, still a home run in all 30 MLB ballparks, by the way. So that gave the Pirates the lead in the fifth inning. And then, of course, Eric Stout came out in the bottom of the fifth and had a phenomenal inning, not allowing the Brewers to do anything. And the bullpen really didn't let the Brewers do anything. Through the fifth, sixth, and seventh, they had the lead. It was five to three. And part of that five was Rodolfo Castro again with a home run. And this kid here, man, I, I I'm starting to like what I'm seeing from Rodolfo Castro. 254, five home runs, nine RBIs. His OPS is almost at 800. He's a switch hitting guy who could play multiple positions in the infield, I think. He could potentially play the outfield they may flirt with that later i think he's more of a dh type right now but you look over his last like seven days i mean 17 at bats he has five hits in 17 at bats does he struggle striking out like i don't know everybody else on this team yes but as you've seen with brian reynolds and the power element that he brings as a switch hitter Rodolfo Castro has to be put in the same light here because you can't take for granted the fact that you have a switch hitter this young, by the way, Rodolfo Castro just turned 23. That is a commodity, especially if he's hitting like this. 254 with five home runs. I'll take that. That's DH material. Over a full season, I don't know, I don't have an app or anything that could tell me what he would be slated to do over a full season, but 254, say, just multiply the home runs by three, so times three, so 15 home runs and 27 RBIs, I would take that from Rodolfo Castro. So, of course, he gives them the lead in the sixth inning. Five to three. He extends the lead. The seventh inning was quiet, but before we get into the seventh inning, which I have a lot of, or the eighth inning, sorry, I have a lot to talk about in the final two innings of this baseball game. But 
for guys who keep getting let go from the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm sure they're still looking to have their services used elsewhere, so maybe they should use LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free and terms and conditions apply. So we got into everything seventh inning prior. Going into the eighth inning, it looked like the Pirates had the Brewers number here. I will not even lie to you. It felt like it did. Then apparently Christian Yelich this morning, great, great, great comedy here. Apparently, there was a joke about a guy getting friend-zoned at Miller. I still know it as Miller Park. I apologize. I forget the name of Milwaukee's stadium. I'll fix that here in a second. American Family Field. There you go. Uh, But somebody said on the video board that they love the friendship with this guy, and they wanted to keep that intact. So, (laughs) Kristen Yelich made the joke this morning that the whole (laughs) Brewers dugout said they they were playing for this guy. And honestly, if that was the case, great. I know it wasn't, but um, the eighth inning came and gone for the top of the eighth for the Pirates. Nothing happened. And the bottom of the eighth comes. Dwayne Underwood was pitching into this one. One and two-thirds. He gives up the earned run. And then they bring in Will Crow. Now, Will Crow would give up a run, but get out of the inning. At this point, you've pitched four guys out of the bullpen. Four. They have not shied away from utilizing the bullpen a lot. Putting Will Crow back in there, to me, was crazy. Because you go back and look at his stat line, by the way, for this game. One-thirds innings pitched, three hits, three earned runs. The only good thing that came out of this for Will Crow was the fact that he threw 11 strikes on 16 pitches. That's like the only thing that came out of this that was good for him. Now, Will Crow, for better or for worse, has been arguably the best bullpen arm this year for the Pirates outside of David Bednar, who at this point I would say is just not returning this year. But this was ridiculous. Dwayne Underwood, first of all, had no business pitching 33 pitches. Eric Stout had no business pitching 50 pitches. 
once again, the Pirates had a winnable game sitting right in front of them. They were up 5-3. to three. And because the bullpen has been mismanaged and misused all year, it was misused and mismanaged here again, and they put Will Crow in a spot that he couldn't get out of. And what was the result? Garrett Mitchell gets his first MLB home run to tie the game, scoring Omar Norvaez. And then Keston Hiera makes it 7-5. I, I, I don't know, man. That, that game last night felt like a game the Pirates should have won. I don't know how everybody else feels, but that felt like a game that the, the Pirates had that game won. And because the bullpen has been mismanaged the way it has, like Dwayne Underwood, again, should not have pitched more than one inning. He's not that guy. Like, you guys know the meme, you're not that guy, pal. Dwayne Underwood is not that guy, pal. I get that it was a bullpen game. You probably wanted to overextend these guys a little bit. But Dwayne Underwood Jr. had no business pitching more than one inning this game. Will Crow, he's done it before. He was a former starting pitcher. I could see Will Crow doing it. He probably would have been better off doing it. But instead, you put him in a closing spot after Dwayne Underwood left him in a hole that he was not going to get out of. I don't care what anybody says. He was not going to get out of that because the bullpen continually is mismanaged. And that's where I say about talent. I know the bullpen's not good, talent-wise. It's not. But that doesn't mean you can't at least try to manage it correctly to bring out the best in these guys, which we did see earlier this year. But there's a reason David Bednar's on the shelf right now. There's a reason the bullpen is giving up these late leads. There's reasons for these things. And it's because these guys are tired. They are. That's why I say the biggest need this offseason needs to be pitching all around. Not even just starting pitching. I think you start with starting pitching. But as soon as you do that, you get supplements to that bullpen very quickly. And I know you have arms coming next year. But those guys also shouldn't be pressured to carry a load of an entire bullpen that quickly. Because I'm going to tell you this. If your name is not Quinn Priester or Michael Burrows right now, I'm not very impressed. Kyle Nicholas actually is the exception there. But outside of that, and you are close to coming to the Major League roster, I don't think any of these guys really help that much. They help eat innings. I don't know if they're going to be good innings, but they help eat good in- They They'll help eat innings. That's about all I could say about it. And this loss sucked. It really did. This is one of those losses at this point where I should not care. Pirates are 48 and 80. Who cares about wins and losses, right? But when you had the game right in front of you and the bullpen lets it go, I don't even really blame the bullpen anymore because of the way they've been utilized all year. And it sucks. Taking a look at tonight's game before we get into our next topic, 8-10 Eastern time, Milwaukee, of course, favored in this one. It's going to be Mitch Keller versus Jason Alexander. 
This is the Pirates' best chance to win a game in the series. Right here. Mitch Keller, second best pitcher on this pitching staff behind Rowanzi Contreras right now. He was first for a while, but Rowanzi came back. Jason Alexander, arguably the worst that Milwaukee could throw out there. So I'm the Pirates are winning tonight after blowing that lead last night. I'm the first one to here to say it. You can clip this if you want. Old takes exposed. Go ahead. The Pirates are winning this game tonight. I don't care what anybody says. But for my audio people, we will be right back to talk about why the environment and the tone needs to change. If you're on YouTube, you're going to get a little five seconds of this screen, and I'll be right back. And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody. Of course, my name is Ethan Smith. You heard me talk about the game last night, kind of ranting about the Pirates blowing the lead that they should not have blown, but it did happen anyways. But I want to touch on something that uh, Dayan Kovakovic actually talked about. Sorry if I uh, uh, mispronounce his name. I always struggle with his name. If you are listening, sir, I apologize for mispronouncing your name. but. He wrote an article uh, recently on DK Pittsburgh Sports that said, nothing good will grow within this deflating, degrading environment of endless failure. And that made me think. I, for one, and I will put myself here, I preach about the Pirates having this great farm system at their disposal, which has not looked so great since the beginning of the year. I preach that let the let the young guys play. They're going to be good. I preach that next year should be the year that we see a big step in improvement. But at what point do we stop bringing up that the players are not performing and the farm system's not as good until we take a real look, a real long look at this team Not only in the clubhouse, but the coaching staff and the scouting and the people who make the decisions on this team, like Ben Charrington. I'm going to be honest with you right now. What is going on right now has nothing, and I mean not a damn thing, really, to do with Bob Nutting. He has something to do with it. But not a lot. I'm going to be honest with you right now. He does not have a lot to do with it. This is falling on an environment that Derek Shelton, Oscar Marine, Andy Haynes, the entire coaching staff, and Ben Charrington have let happen. If I was an MLB player right now, I would not want to play in this this environment. It's an environment that sent Jack Sawinski down for two months, or about a month. I forget how long. It it felt like two months. That sent him down because of his strikeout issue, and then he goes to AAA and strikes out 25 times in his last 64 at-bats and then gets called up again. So what did he really learn? This is the same environment that kept a guy like O'Neal Cruz, who has broken multiple stat cast records this year, 
and played fairly well for facing major league pitching for the first time that kept him down for months in AAA. For what reason? This is the same environment that sent Rolandi Contreras to AAA for rest to which he pitched four games in AAA, which all went five innings or more. And then he comes back and has two phenomenal starts against the Atlanta Braves, the reigning World Series champions, and the Philadelphia Phillies, a team that is basically a lock for the playoffs. What does that tell you? What does that environment tell you as a young player like Rodolfo Castro? like Travis Swaggerty, who for some reason is still not here. I don't know if it's because he's a Neil Huntington guy. I could not answer it. What does this tell you about any young player in the system right now? Oh, I'm going to be in AAA longer than I need to be because my service time is going to be manipulated, which was supposed to be fixed in the last CBA and wasn't. What does this tell me if I'm a, like if the Pirates do eventually start saying, let's go spend some money in free agency? Why would a veteran come here? Especially a veteran pitcher. Jose Quintana and Tyler Anderson the last two years came here and they were traded midway through the year, which we all knew was going to happen. But if I'm a veteran pitcher, the last thing I want to do is go to a team where I'm just going to be on for half the season. Albeit, I'll want my payday. And they'll probably do that. And my train of thought might be wrong. But if I'm a veteran hitter, what? why would I want to come to a team that employs Andy Haynes as its hitting coach. Why in the environment in this in this clubhouse to go back and I mention it a lot. When this team swept the LA Dodgers in Los Angeles earlier this year, that felt like the point the Pirates turned the corner. It really did. I know it was just one little series in L.A., but that series felt like that was when the Pirates turned a corner. The young guys were playing well. When they weren't playing well, they were learning. The team was fun. They were scrappy. They were in games a lot. They beat the Yankees in two out of three games. They were playing good baseball. They were actually in the wild card hunt just barely for like a week. When this team was playing like that. But now. You let. Yoshi Sutsugo come back. And play way too much. You employed Kevin Padlow. And Jose Godoy. Josh Van Meter. Is still on this team. And you're keeping the likes of. Travis Swaggerty. G1 Bay. And other hitters. Like Matt Frazier even. Who could come up and make some noise? Instead, you opted to go back to veterans that have no upside, that are not going to do anything for you in the future, besides Kevin Newman and Ben Gamble, and serve no real purpose of being on the baseball field. So I tell you this. Locked on Pirates Faithful and Pirates faithful, uh, faithful. If the environment doesn't change, who's to blame? 
I ask you guys that question for a reason. Who's the, who's the blame? I want you guys to answer that after you watch this episode today. And is that strong farm system going to save the Pirates? Right now, the way things feel, I don't know. And you guys know me. I'm Mr. Optimistic around here. But my optimism is slowly going away. And if the environment and the tone of this franchise doesn't change, especially this offseason, it's going to be very hard for Pirates fans to believe anything that this front office says that they're going to do. With that said, guys, thank you for tuning in to the Locked On Pirates podcast. My name is Ethan Smith, of course, with college football returning this week. Make sure you check out uh, check out Nick Farbaugh over at Locked On Pit. He has everything you need to know about the backyard brawl this Thursday. Also. Check out Christopher Carter over at Locked On Steelers. He's talking about everything leading up to the Steelers season opener at Cincinnati. And check out Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins as he will be talking about uh, a bunch of different stuff going on in the NHL world pretty soon. My name is Ethan Smith of the Locked On Pirates podcast. Everybody, you could follow me on Twitter at MVP Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. Make sure you go check out Locked On MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan where he has everything you need to know about the major leagues day in and day out. Guys, thank you so much. You will see me tomorrow in the morning, and I will see you guys on the flip side.